Welcome back. You're listening to Cafecito con Magali and Glenda podcast. Hey, friends. Hi, Magali. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. I've just finished dinner and I'm just hanging out here with you. Hi. <laughs> I mean, I've had like a like an emotional type of day, but you know what happens? And now I'm with my sister and my bestie, so it's all good, doing what we love. So, you know. You know, I could never tell when you're emo. Sometimes I'm just like, she's busy. I think it's like, I, you ask me a lot of questions, or no, let me, let me rephrase that. You ask me one question, I tell you like my whole life story. And I ask you, and you don't tell me, so I'm like, I don't know. So when you tell me like, I'm sad, or I'm emo, or I'm this, and I'm like, oh shit, really? Like. Yeah, tell me. Oh, you have those feelings. <laughs> like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, but other days better. Yeah, it is. You guys make it better, my friend, my family. I'm blessed. I always say I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. I'm really grateful. So it's all good. Well, that's awesome. Um, so here we are. We're going to continue our Hispanic Heritage Month series that we started. Um, and so this last episode, we have Sandra here with us, and she's going to talk to us about the differences of Latino, Latina, Latinx, and Hispanic. Yes. So Sandra, for you guys that don't know, is my little sister. Uh, Sandra likes to go by, she likes for us to call her Sandy. So we're going to call her Sandy. Hey, Sandy. <laughs> so Sandra... Sorry, I just can't. <laughs> I gave her that name, guys. So just like really quick, the re when my mom was pregnant with her, they were like, well, what do we name this child? And recently I like came across this beautiful lady named Sandra. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we have to name her Sandra because I met this lady and she's beautiful. And look, my sister's just gorgeous. It was because of me. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, um, Sandra double like just a little background on her she double majored in political science and public relations from northern arizona university and she just graduated from the university of southern california with a master's in communication management with an emphasis in public relations so in other words sandy is a bad bitch Yay. um that's a mouthful, sister. Damn, your title? Like, how do you go into a job interview and tell them this is what my I graduated and did? Like, Jesus. Aside from those degrees, obviously this podcast does her no justice because you guys can't see her, but she looks like a model. <laughs> I don't know why, because... Well, I'm, I'm almost 5'10", and my sister is... 4'11". 4'11". So I mean, on a good day, I'm 4'11", but I could really push 4'10", so it's like a big difference. Let's not talk about your height, Glenda, or but mine. We look, but we look, we look the same. Yeah. We're, we're both, yeah, we look We look same. familiar. We look familiar. We look <laughs> similar because we're sisters, but people don't see that because of the height. Everybody just gets so distracted on the height that they're just yeah. like, what the hell? Uh, the height difference. So um, the reason why we're getting into this topic was because I was talking to my sister about like my summaries when we were talking about 
the Hispanic Heritage Month and she ripped me a new one. Like, Glenda, you should know that it's not called that anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, girl, I'm old. Like, like I'm not up to date with these things. Um, so that's kind of how it started. So I kind of want to get into how I first came across identity. I think I was about 24 years old and I took my first Chicano studies class at East LA College, Community College, which is pretty historical, like Latino college. Um, and my professor was like, what do you identify as? And that was the first time that I looked and I was like, well, what do you mean? What do I identify as? Salvadorian woman, you know, and she asked every single person in the classroom what they identified. And the whiteboard was full of all kinds of shit. It was like Chicano, Chicana, like Latinx. That was like the first time I heard that term. Um, then there was like Salvadorian American. It was Mexican American. It was just so much. It was just, it was crazy. Like every single person in that classroom practically identified themselves differently. And I was like, oh, wow, I was tripping out, like, and that was, like, my first time, like, getting introduced really to the history of the culture, and so I kind of wanted to get started with that, and then Sandra's going to kind of piggyback off of that. Yeah, so actually, a couple months ago, we had the same conversation with our family, um, and basically talking about what we identify as. My sister says Salvadorian. I said Mexican Salvadorian because my dad's Mexican and I grew up with that culture um, mainly in my life. And my brother says Salvadorian American. So I, I personally don't like to attach the word American when I say what I am. I, I don't say I'm Mexican American, Salvadorian American, just because um, back to the word like Hispanic and and Latino and, and, Latin, and Latinx, um, as I got educated, I learned a little bit more about it. So, well, first of all, um, the term Latino comes from people with, from Latin American origins, which includes Spanish and Portuguese speaking countries in North and South America and the Caribbean islands. Um, and that, the, the term Afro-Latina comes into play, Afro-Latino that we've been seeing more lately. Um, and why personally I don't like the word Hispanic was because of the history of the word. And um, when, per, when I went to Spain, um, you know, I know the word Hispanic comes from like Spanish speaking origin. Um, that's, that's what it is. So, but when I went to Spain, I was a little bit excited because I was like, oh, this is kind of like, I mean, I can't trace my family back, but I know we have Spanish in our blood but they were just white people. Like I didn't look anything like them. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel any type of connection to the culture or anything. Yeah. So that, in, in that moment, that's where I was like, I don't consider myself Hispanic. Like I just, I can't relate to Spain and yeah. Europe. <laughs> like there's just nothing they're connected to us, you know, um, versus like, if we go to our countries in Mexico or Salvador, there's a strong indigenous presence which I feel is more like familiar to me and, you know, our brown skin, I just connect more to that. So, um, you know, like growing up I, um, in the, like the boxes, you know, when you fill out like your test forms or whatever, and they were asked like, what is your race? I never like saw an option for 
like Latino or anything like that. It will say, I think it, the options are like Asian, African-American, white, other. Because I would just race is based on your color. Right, on your so color. So we're in the in-between because Latinos are mestizo, are Spanish, and are African-American. And a lot of people don't know that, but we were, um, what is it? It's not borders. We were ports to the ships that came from Africa. So in Central Latin America and Mexico, there was a lot of ports. So a lot of people were dropped off there. So that's kind of how yeah blood became those three and and even up until the 1970s in the census they didn't have a box for us they grouped the mexicans cubans and puerto ricans they grouped us with the irish and the um the italians so that's that's the box that we would that people would put and actually in the 1930 census they had uh the option for mexican and that just included um, you know, Puerto Ricans, Cubans, anybody who was here in the 1930s who wasn't white and had uh, Latin origins, they just had to mark the Mexican box, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with with immigration in the 1970s and just such a huge wave of people coming into uh, America, like, they didn't know what to do with us. They were like, who are these people? There's so many of them. Um, we obviously are not Irish or italian (laughs) so um advocates at the time in the 70s they were advocating for us to have our own check mark in the census because there was such a huge disparity and poverty between us and the italians and irish Mm -hmm. where we needed representation ourselves you know our communities were lacking resources and that's how we get our resources is through the census so at the time um Actually, it was a 26-year-old woman who was working for the, in Washington, D.C. for the Department of, um, she was working for the Department of, let's see, she was working for the Department of Health and Education and Welfare. Her name is Grace Flores Hughes, and she was a 26-year-old Latina at, at the time. And, you know, she saw that we didn't, we didn't have a certain box or anything. So she was the one who pushed towards creating a, a, a check mark for us. And that's the first time the Hispanic option was available. Yeah. Um, and she also advocated for changing the word colored and oriental in, in, during, in the census during that time. So, um, you know, she, it's cool to know that uh, like a young Latina at the time was the one who like was behind that movement. And um, she did say even recently, actually now she serves in the National Hispanic Advisory Council for Trump. (laughs) So interesting. But um, she was saying that at the time, a lot of people didn't like the word Hispanic because it was very uh, political. Yeah. And people from Brazil, for example, who speak Portuguese, they didn't fit under that category because the word Hispanic is for uh, Spanish speaking countries yeah. and Span- from Spain origin, you know, so um, so they kind of just grouped us in that. And but it was just given to us. It was know? just given to us. That's right. Like, it's a political oh, you, term. You are going to be Hispanic. So that's kind of why I don't vibe with the word. Yeah. Um, they they like gave us that identity you know yeah. it's it, it's not representative of us 
um, personally why I don't like the word Hispanic. And like I said, when I went to Spain, it's just, I, I didn't look like them. Did you feel that way, Magali, when you went to Spain? Yeah, the, the girls were tall with blonde hair and colored eyes. Uh, they have a very European vibe. So um, like Andrea, for example, that's what she looks like. She has blonde hair, colored eyes. So she blended in perfectly. But I stood out because my skin is darker and my hair is black. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I totally didn't look like a Spanish girl there. <laughs> I definitely stood out. But I agree with uh, what Sandra's saying, what both of you are saying. Like, I don't vibe with the word Hispanic either, only because I know that was created during the census and that was a way to identify us. Because now, like, hearing, you know, your the history lesson that you're giving us, I love it because, like, we've come a long way. Even though I don't vibe with Latinx either, I'm glad that they created that word for people that are don't identify with Latino or Latina. Like, it kind of is just a very gender neutral, even though I don't use it. Like, I'm glad that it's there for people that do want to use it. But we've come a long way from going, you know, just, just, just having Hispanic and then now having Latinx. And I wonder if Latinx will one day be on the census or will one day be on, like, you know, a form or something that we can check off. That'd be pretty cool. I would love to this see that. It was just added into the dictionary two years ago. It was just added so that that term ha is just being widely used. Um, but yeah, the, the, I get the X part and it's kind of like, it's a, it, it, it comes from people trying to fight off the machismo in the Spanish language. Yeah. But we're very, the Spanish language is very gendered. Yes, because yeah. men made the language. So right. it's very male dominant. But, you know, you kind of also have to remember, like, when people talk about mankind, they're talking about everybody, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I get how, I, I wouldn't mind if somebody's saying Latino and they're including all of us. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. But because I get it, because I know the language, but then there's also those fourth generation, third generation people who don't understand the language, you know, and aren't, don't understand that that's inclusive to all, you mm -hmm. know? So yeah. I think that might be coming from like a language barrier that in Spanish, yeah. we know that that's including all of us. But there are other people that don't speak Spanish and they are third, fourth, fifth generation Mexican-American and they don't get it. So are the people that don't speak Spanish, would they be grouped in Latinx? See, this is, the problem. Th this is a problem that my sister and I both have because she doesn't think so, but I do. Because what I was telling her, I think it's what you're what you trace back to, like, if my kids don't specifically speak yeah. Spanish, but we could trace back, like, where they're from, like, yeah. where my dad's from, where my mom is from, we still have family in those countries, so it's like, you de you're not, you're not, like, American isn't a race, let's, let's just say that, like, it's not a race, American doesn't exist, there's white people, Asian people, all kinds of people make up the American, yeah, whatever, um, so yeah, I would consider like people who don't specifically speak Spanish, but could trace back to their origins as Latinos. Yeah, of course. And then I kind of figure like, if you can't speak, I know it's wrong. It's just kind of my feeling. Like if you can't trace back your roots, 
and you don't have your culture, which is the language, the food, the music, that's that you've lost it. So I don't I think that they should identify as Latino. Personally, for me, you're just look like us. Or you're a Chicano in that yeah, case. Yeah, but it's like for me, and I know it's wrong. It's just an issue that I got to work on myself. It's you're culturally appropriating the latino culture and i feel like a lot of people feel that latino is in right now latino's hot latino's trendy we are (laughs) you can't relate if you can't experience then how do you know you know what i mean same thing like and i might be getting off topic but i can't i like we listen to black music we love black culture we know like the food but i will I will never experience, you know, what they have to go through. I will never be black. You know what I mean? As much as I know about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I want to be black. I'm just giving an example. You know, you yeah. can't. So sometimes people want to identify with being Latino. And for me, I feel like it's trendy when you don't know what we've been through, you know, or you can't trace back to where you're, where you're from, you know? So, I mean, I think, and, and identity is a huge issue with people. I didn't even realize it. Um, even people who I just confirmed that they're Latinos, like Daisy, she was on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys would know about her. We asked everybody on Instagram, like, do you guys have trouble identifying? Are you Hispanic? Are you Latino? And she wrote back, I don't even know. She was like, well, I'm Hispanic. No, I'm Latino. Oh, but my dad says we're white. She's like, I don't even know. And I just figured in my head, I thought, um, she would identify as Latina. You yeah. Know? I, was I, watching, I was watching this video. Um, it's a video from Vice. And um, they had some Latinos go out in the street and ask people. I think they were like in the Bronx or something. And they were asking people like, uh, do you know what Latinx is? A lot of people didn't know. They were like, um, no, what is that? They're like Latin extreme. They were just making things up because a lot of people are not aware of it, but it was actually introduced in 2004 by the LGBT community, but it didn't really get traction until recently. And I know that it's taught in school. So if you know, you're know you in school, then you'll learn about it. But if you're older or you just don't know what's in, you you know you won't know. Like if I go ask my parents and say, uh, hey, I'm Latinx, they're gonna be like, what? what is that you know our our parents our grandparents they probably wouldn't understand so we would have to tell them like yeah this is something that is created for people that don't want to be labeled as latino latina hispanic yeah i didn't even know i had to have a millennial tell me yeah (laughs) and and we need to like remember too that a lot of there's always been a struggle between um the latino communities in America where earlier, you know, in the earlier, like, maybe like 30, 40 years ago, where they weren't accepted here as Latinos, so they tried to assimilate as white, you know? Yes. So there was a lot of, a huge part of our culture was lost when they came here, you know, like they came in waves and people were like, what kind of people are you? So they just tried to assimilate as white and a lot of that culture was lost. Yeah. so they just kind of accepted the the term Hispanic. So uh, um, I was reading how to fill out when I was trying to fill out my census. I was like, how, like, what am I supposed to put? Because that's something I struggled as a kid to like, I'm not white, mm-hmm. but technically that's what we're supposed to fill out. We're supposed to say we're white. And then the 
ethnicity question when it asks you if you're Hispanic or no, that's when you say yes. Yeah. I never put white just because um, I'm kind of grateful that my parents were always so proud of our culture and they didn't let us assimilate. And even growing up, I was always a little shy having an accent or shy that, you know, my parents didn't speak uh, English perfectly. But um, now that that's something I'm so prideful of, you know, and I'm grateful that they didn't try to assimilate just because I'm just so proud of my roots. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of people didn't have that experience, you know, you know, when they say, oh, tienes en lo pal en la frente, and you can't even speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so that's just something that's like, so I, I tried not to. We grew up differently, right? Because there's a big age gap, but I wanted to be white. And I could say that, like, my, I was embarrassed. Like, my mom didn't speak Spanish my mom didn't speak English, like who was going to help me. And my brother and I lived with our godparents and my godfather was white. So I was just kind of like, yeah, that's my dad. I'm white, (laughs) you know, because I didn't fit in. I just wanted to blend in. I looked different. I was different. Like I came from a completely different background than all these kids in West Covina. You know, they were privileged and I was not. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, it was harder to be Latino 15, 20 years ago now in 2020 or even the last five years it's easier to be latino because it's more accepted and that's why yeah but it was harder and when we were younger and i think that's why a lot of parents that you know spoke english they taught their kids english and not spanish because they were trying to be white or like fit in so they lost the language Mm -hmm. and i you know one of my cousins he doesn't speak actually it's a few of them, they don't speak Spanish and their dad is fluent Spanish and English, but it's like he always spoke to them in English, 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 and they don't know any Spanish. And they're young. Some of, I think some of them are like age like 10 and the oldest would have been like in his 20s, but like I would consider them Latino, but I'm not going to get back into that because I know you said that would probably be a different topic, but to me, it's, they did go through the struggle. So, you know, I guess that where the difference is, but yeah, I, it's very complicated and it's very personal. And there's a lot of people that have huge issues with that because I, I, to be honest, I just didn't realize identity was such a big deal sometimes because you know who you are, you know, where you come from, you're a confident individual Mm-hmm. that you don't realize that other people around you are struggling because they don't even know where they come from. And I get, that's big, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think there should be more labels because, you know, what if we don't want to identify with any of those? And yeah. I don't think we should, you know, have to and, yeah. and choose one of these because we could be, anything that we want we can identify however we want really and that's what I learned from that one lesson um from my first Chicano studies class everybody I was tripping out I was like oh my goodness what am I where do I fit like and my professor's like you could be whatever you want to be you can identify however you want at the end of the day you know there is no right there is no wrong so I'm I can never tell anybody you're not Hispanic enough you're not Latino enough like that that would be wrong like but besides my feelings and what I can and can't do like I know what's wrong and right you know yeah so what do you identify as um Linda 
Salvadorian because my mother and my father are Salvadorian. I honestly feel like I was telling my sister, I'm only here by chance, you know, <laughs> like a few years, if my parents would have had me in El Salvador, like I would have been in El Salvador, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're Salvadorian, you know, um, Sandra is more like, well, you identify as Mexican Salvadorian, but my sister so has- just recently, I've been more connected and, and in tune with my Salvadorian side. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I spent so much time in Mexico, and you know, there's o- there's always been that like Mexico Salvadorian like tension. Yeah, that I was just always just Mexican growing up. But now, now that I know a lot about my Salvadorian side, my culture, the people I've visited, I feel very in touch with that side as well. So now I say I'm Mexican Salvadorian. And it's different. As you grow up, you mature and you think different, you know, like when you were 18, you definitely don't think like when you were 18 and now, you know, and that's not that long ago. You're still pretty young. So what about Magali? How do you um, like that? Well, it depends who asks me because I mean, if if I'm in Mexico and somebody asks me like, what are you? I'm going to say I'm Mexican or it just depends if uh, I don't know. I, I either will say Mexican or I will say Latino or Latina. So I don't think anybody's and- asking, but you go to Mexico because we you go to like Tijuana and stuff. But if I go to El Salvador, nobody will ever ask me, what are you? I'd be like, hijo de puta, soy salvadoreña como tú. Like, <laughs> you know, but I don't. In Europe, when I went to Europe and people would ask me, oh, like, where are you from? Like, where are you visiting? I would just say, oh, I'm visiting from Mexico. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm visiting from the U.S. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I, They're nicer. I feel like they're nicer. They're like, oh, I'm from Mexico. Yeah, they're so much nicer. They're like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's actually something going on about that. Um, there's, like, a new Netflix series where they are, like, kind of saying that the French aren't that nice to Americans mm-hmm. and everybody's it's like it's a big talk like I guess it's a trendy topic like because French people are really upset that they're not that mean but I guess they are that mean because you guys experience yeah. that but but even then in other places when they think of like Americans they think as in white people too mm-hmm. that's the, what they picture and it's like, I don't fit that description. So when I did say like, oh, I'm from the U.S., they were like, oh, like, like how, like, are you Native American, you know? So I was just like, oh, no, like, I'm from Mexico. Like, that's what I would just say, just because it was easier. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, Latino is the word, is what America is about. It's just like a blend of mixture of people because Latinos, we're not just obviously one, we're mixed with a bunch of different races or ethnicities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, America is a melting pot. So I think Latino is what America is. Like, you know, it's not white. We're a melting pot of different countries. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot more people are using the word Latino because before they lumped everybody that was Central American with Mexico. They'd be like, oh, you're Mexican. I'm like, no, there's Honduras, there's Guatemala, there's Salvador. Like, they would just lump everybody into being Mexican. And so now that people are learning who Latinos are, oh, you're Puerto Rican? Oh, you're from, you know, from, um, I don't know, like any country. So I'm like, people are getting to be a little bit more educated 
and learn the breakdown of the Latino, like who Latinos are. And we're get, we're getting like a lot of attention, like through music, through TV. So we're being recognized differently now, not just as Mexicans. And I love that. There's finally role models for little kids. You know, you can look at somebody and be like, oh, wow, that person looks like me. You know, so that's exciting. It's exciting for Latinos and Latinx. And there's more brown people shown on TV. Like Mm -hmm. our our darker skin is being shown now, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you watched the show or heard about the show, The Beauty and the Baker, Sandra. I haven't, no. That show was filmed in Miami and Puerto Rico. And most of the cast was Puerto Rican uh, or Cuban, but mm-hmm. they got canceled after one season. So I was looking at the comments like on different um, websites and people were so mad. And they're like, why do we finally have like a Latino show that is, it was in Spanglish and they canceled it. So they were asking like Netflix or somebody to pick it up. Like Netflix has tons of shows that are in Spanish, mm-hmm. but I'm like, for once they have a show on national television that is Spanglish and it represented the Latino community so well, even like the inside of the house, the way that it looks, you know how some Latino families have that, that big dresser looking thing that has the plates and all that stuff, like the China, even had that, it had like the calendar on the wall, the gallon, like everything. And I was like, they did such a good job. And um, the mom, Oh, the the woman that played the mom, she's the Puerto Rican lady that came out in the show with, um, I can't remember her name. Um, She's married to a basketball player and she's in Ali's Finest with Jessica Alba. What's her name? I have to look her up. Anyway, I'll tell you guys in a second. But yeah, if it didn't get views or it didn't get like the response. Oh no, I have no idea. Wow, but I was like, why is it gone? I love it so much. It might be marketing. The marketing strategy was just not good. Like if you're talking that the show was really good and the representation, it might have been just that they didn't market it to the right people, you know? So people didn't get to watch it. Like I only watched, I didn't watch it. You just told me about it. Yeah, because I haven't seen any, like any ads or anything for it or it being advertised. Yeah. So the, the lady, the Puerto Rican lady, her name is Lisa Vidal, but she was on, um, there's something about marriage or being Mary Jane with, uh, Union. that's her name. Duh. Oh my God. It's driving me nuts. Yeah. But she was in there and she was like one of like the supporting actress, like she had a big role, so she's pretty popular. So they had her in that show and I'm like, everybody knows who she is. Everybody else, there was one girl, she played an Australian girl, but we, I later found out, I looked her up, she's half Peruvian, and she looks like she's, to me, she looks Asian, but they played her as Australian. Mm. Yeah, that, that girl is, like, so exotic, she's so beautiful, but again, it's like, why wouldn't they say, like, oh, here's this Peruvian woman, and she's half, I don't know what her other half was, but I'm like, why can't they say this is what a Peruvian looks like? Like, right. people from Peru look Asian. There's yeah. A, yeah, so I'm like... Food is very Asian-y, too. Yeah. It has a lot of, like, Asian influence in it. Yeah, and, like, a lot of people don't know that. Like, the last two episodes, Glenda and I did different countries. 
and I think Glenda was going to do Peru, but we ran out of time, so we didn't end up doing it, but we were talking about that, that Peru has, like, Japanese people, has Asian people, and their food is, like, very, um, uh, like a, like a mix of Asian food, like a stir fry, but it's Peruvian food. Yeah. We took a little poll for, um, on Instagram and we asked people like, what do you identify as? Do you identify as Latino? Do you identify as Hispanic? And to my surprise, 69% said Latino and 31% said, said Hispanic. Oh. To be honest, I thought that more people would say that they were Latino. Yeah. I felt, well, in my head, I thought that more people would be like, nah, I'm Latino. But no, there's people that were like, I'm Hispanic. And I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just like how Maggie said, like, the education is not there behind the words. Yeah. I think it's okay to use Hispanic. I don't, it just depends on how people want to identify. When I hear that word, I think of it in Spanish. Like when I hear one of, you know, my parents or my aunts and uncles saying, soy hispana. That's how I hear it. Like, I don't normally hear people say I'm Hispanic. It's really rare if somebody like says that out loud. I have not heard that in a long time. Yeah. But that's cool. Yeah. So this is good. Any closing arguments, sister? No. No. I think we covered <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Thanks, Sandra, for coming on. Of course. I'm excited. A beauty and a scholar. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this concludes our series of Hispanic or Latinx Heritage Month. I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, friends. Bye.